This is the Mind Your Business podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mind Your Business podcast. My name is Matt Williams. I'm joined as always by Alan Clark. Good to see you, Alan. How are you? Having a good week? I am having a very good week. It's good to be down when, with you in your Oxfordshire lovely office, and we've just had some nice lunch as well. So all good so far. Life, life is good, right? And business is good, treating you well. Yeah, absolutely. And you? Oh, phenomenally. Lots going on, but it's the same more problems. We, you know, whoever we talk to, it's always people, it's always money, cash flow. Um, Whatever the government, whatever the time of year, it's always the same. But I, I'm sure we've got a few podcasts in our back catalogue to, to help with that. Indeed. That's what I need to do is point people at them. So that's enough waffle. What are we talking about today? Because it's not people or cash flow, is it? I thought we could talk about the concept of reinventing yourself and aim particularly at, at businesses as they go through their cycle. So we, we can also reinvent ourselves as humans and leaders, etc. but probably talking more today about actual businesses reinventing themselves throughout their life cycle. Okay, I've got a few examples of this, but I think you've come armed with one already. So why don't we use that as a starting point and let's see where we go. So I was, I was doing a bit of decorating over the weekend and I had my headphones on. And I was listening to The Economist and they were talking about Microsoft. Okay. And talking about, it was really quite interesting. So talk about, basically summary was Microsoft extremely strong in the 90s. And I think that was where it was. A current chief exec said right now it's starting to feel like the 90s again for Microsoft. They were pretty dominant, pretty strong. Yeah. Year after year, 30% increases based on their Windows uh, product predominantly. So Windows 95 came out and changed the world. Some people won't be old enough to remember Windows 95, yeah. but sadly we are. Did you, have you seen the, you know how Apple, once once Apple kind of launched the iPod and then the iPhone, they used to have Steve Jobs on stage mm. doing the big announcement. This is what we've done. This is. Yeah. Have you seen the Windows version when they announced Windows 95? No. It's sort of similar in that it's the three techie guys on stage announcing the product but then they've got music and they're sort of dancing but they're three awkward middle-aged nerds dancing in an auditorium full of thousands of people on their own it's you should youtube it. it's it's quite awkward but that's where they started right they yeah they revolutionized home computers yeah. with windows and then windows 95 and then i guess they they didn't saturate the market but they were number one in terms of operating system and then office applications like Excel and Word. And then, so did they have a period where it kind of tailed off then? Is that what you're saying? It did. It sort of um, tailed off. I think tailed off a good one in the sort of noughties. I mean, still making millions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We're just not talking about outrageously successful, large increases. It's just ticking over in a very big sort of way. Yeah, ticking over. But they got also a reputation of, of not being too nice to deal with. They're quite aggressive in yeah. terms of forcing Windows into every single PC possible yeah. and office. And these are the terms and you take them and that's leave right. them. That's yeah. right. So then, then we get to 2014 and their current chief exec joined and, and he revolutionised the, the whole company by having the centre of the company now not Windows but Cloud. Okay. 
And that's where the shift in the office went to Office 365, yeah. 365. And the ambition then was to, to catch up with Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Services are the biggest cloud yeah. and computing cloud in the world. Microsoft wasn't, wanted to get back in. And they started late by their own admission, but have made huge amounts of ground and got themselves into a pretty strong position. So that was from 2014 to pretty much the last couple of years. And then there's been another leap in terms of its um, collaboration and, and certainly buying into some of open AI. Um, are they into AI, are they? Yeah, massively. Okay. So they own that open source yeah. AI. And apparently they own 49% of that. Not 51, but 49%. And the next big bet is generative AI yeah. to the point that most of Microsoft products, including Office, will have some sort of AI interface. And that's where they see the next big, huge part of their growth and put themselves back in a very dominant position. So what I liked about that was that over the 1990s, 2000s, the, the teens and then into the 20s, they have reinvented themselves and have certainly brought in aspects of the business that wasn't there decades earlier. Yeah. And they're continuing to be very, very successful. So I thought that is a, a good inspiration for anyone who owns a business to think about that. A hundred percent. I mean, they, they've also gone into the product business as well, haven't they, with the Surface tablets and the laptops. And they went from very much a software-focused side, sort of trying to follow Apple, who who kind of went from products into software. They've gone the other way, haven't they? But it's interesting. I, I was, when you said you were, we were going to talk about this, I was thinking about businesses that I've worked with that have reinvented themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's, it's interesting because in, in a owner managed business, it's only a, that reinvention step is not going to be the Microsoft level of software to hardware to AI, is it? It's it's going to be smaller, much more smaller increments. Or but you can reinvent yourself as a business owner, which will then have an impact on your on the way your business is going. Well, have you got an example of a an owner managed business that's managed to reinvent itself in any way, shape, or form? Off, just just answering that question straight away. I, yeah, I guess so. I, 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 I know a company that I, I, I work with a company that has gone from classically engineering in the, in the automotive sector into EV. Okay. Massively into EV and, and, and designing some cutting edge solutions that just weren't in the market five years ago. So there's an example of one. Another one springs to mind that have uh, brought in a, a, a new division of their company. Company's still doing what it did before, but it's now brought in a completely different division yeah. and, and specialising in something else and building that. So the, these are two examples. So they, it, does ha- it does happen. Yeah. I, so I was talking to a client on Friday last week who, when we first started acting for them sort of five years ago, they were a web, a web development business very much polarized between two camps so so half of their work was joe blog sets up a plumbing business needs a website goes to them pays a couple of thousand pounds gets a website and they did literally 50 percent of their team and 50 percent of their revenue came from building fairly 
not bog standard, that's probably doing it a disservice, but just sort of straightforward, simple brochure websites. And then the other half was building really complex, um, like, I don't know, like online marketplace websites or subscription-based membership ones where there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of bespoke coding. And they sit as two parts of the same business. They sat together quite nicely. Similar skills for the developers, but obviously different scales of project. And they came in to see me on Friday and and we sort of said, oh, how's it going? And they said, well, we're, we're a completely different business now than we were six months ago to the point where we don't build websites anymore, which is a fundamental for a website development business. Not building websites at all is a fundamental reinvention. And we had a really good conversation about what they actually do and what they've always done and just happen to build websites as well as, as, as part of the process. They deal with improving businesses internal system so when you went for one of these more complicated websites and you said well i don't know i'm running a fitness studio and i need a, a website which allows my members to book classes with the trainers or come and do the spin class or you know whatever it is interact with the business and they would they wouldn't just stick in a bespoke booking system they would understand the work the flow of information through the business how your customers wanted to interact with and then build the system around your internal processes. And that is where their clients got the most bang for their buck from them. And it's the conversations they're good at having. And now that's what they do. They go in and they look at your internal processes, understand what you're trying to achieve, build a solution around it. But if there's a website side of it, they now outsource it completely because they're all involved at the front end of those conversations with a view that A, there's more of the work that that's the work they like doing point one point two is there's more margin in it for them and it allows them to to deliver faster what the client wants what can move the client's business on faster so uh, uh, the reason i'm bringing them up is purely because when you first said let's talk about reinvention i wasn't convinced that there's a huge amount of reinvention happening in small owner managed business and actually it's happening all the time but it's like watching your kids grow up you might be quietly reinventing your business without realizing that's what you're doing and it's only when you get to the two years down the line you realize you're now so very far away from where you were it's, it's, it's fascinating it is you're in the thick of it when you get to the point is the end point but you look back and you see the massive evolution i think we are evolving all the time but you can be strategically intentionally reinventing yeah so that article again about microsoft part that office which is world famous for said it's known for creating software to help people populate spreadsheets etc etc right yeah but now with its generative ai it not only wants to do that for you it wants to use something called copilots which is the ai piece to populate the spreadsheets so that's, is that just a fancy version of that little annoying paperclip? Uh, paperclip. Paper I must admit, that's exactly what I thought as well. I think it's more sophisticated than the paperclip. Than clippy. But, but it, it basically, this co-pilot, you, you will buy as a package. And that co-pilot will scan your data, whatever, and, and populate it into meaningful reports. And that's what they want to do. And that's a service that they think there's a good chunk of margin there. So not only are they providing the, the, the software, they're providing the, the intelligence to populate that software for you. So that's the stuff they're getting into. I mean, it's it's definitely, we, we find in our world, professional services, AI coming in more and more. And I think the first 
big tech company that harnesses that is going to going to clean up the market. I think if you go back to when Google formed, there were other search engines before Google, and then Google got it just right and took over the world, really. And now they're the only... And I think that'll be the same with AI. I think the, the there's so much big money and expertise in those big tech codes for a relative startup like Google was back 20-odd years ago. 25? 25 years ago, yeah, to come in and suddenly take over in a new world. I don't think there's space in the marketplace. I think the Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Google kind of world, one of those will buy it and run it before it ever gets to the point where it's edging into their market share. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So they're going to reinvent, but they're going to reinvent via buying someone else's expertise rather than needing to completely pivot a business. So so what would you say are the advantages of reinvention then for, it, for any size of business? Well, there are some marketplaces where it's reinvent or die, I think is point one. Blockbuster mm-hmm. and Netflix being the, um, in the, that they failed to reinvent themselves and the market just went away from them. And I think there are industries that are, you know, that contain owner-managed businesses that are in, that are not precarious, but they're in that point where at some point you're going to need to do things differently. So I think that's an obvious reason for reinvention. I think as well as you mature and grow as a business owner, you'll, you'll make decisions which let you run life, run the business how you want to run your life now. For example, we've got a client that up until two months ago had a team of 15 people working for him. And he's just had a, his first baby, or his wife's just had their first baby. And he sort of said, you know what, I, I don't really like running a team of people. I like doing this thing that made me some money back in the day. And I'd be quite happy doing three days a week and earning this much money and not having to worry about all the team. And so he, he went through a process and it, it was difficult because, he, you know, he, he basically shed a team of 15 down to just back to him. But he did that on the basis that, he was reinventing that business to look like it needed to look for him to be able to have the work-life balance that he wanted. So there's there's various reasons for doing it. And it's not just, it's not always going to be reinventing it in order that we're bigger and better and brighter. Mm. It just, mm. it's reinventing it to make it work for you, the business. But there is, there is definitely a place, I think, for businesses, including the AI. But let's, let's be honest, AI has come here now. It's yeah. not going away. It's only going to get stronger and better. So there's definitely an argument for, positive argument for collaborating, understanding, using AI as much as possible. So there's a, there's an argument for get on the AI pitch before you basically become irrelevant. That's a word my, my son uses quite a lot. I'm not, not a big fan of About you. About me, about, about, about <laughs> other human beings as well. You're so irrelevant, tends to be the phrase. So you don't want to become so irrelevant. So... There is that element of that, but also, you know, there is also that, okay, if so many people and companies are going to be looking at AI, what else? What, what, where else can you reinvent? What other markets can you open up that are just not there? And that's the human creativity side. So, yes, we've got artificial intelligence, but where's human creativity? What other opportunities are there for your business that um, if you started to explore could to could strengthen and grow your organization. And that, I, that's the stuff that really excites me. There's possibilities that aren't yet there. How, what, what ones do we want to go for and why? How do we bring them into existence? And I love that. 
it's like a bit of a, a, a giant chess match, sort of you and your business against the world. Mm. And you need to be like a good chess player is, I don't know, what, 15 moves ahead of wherever the board is. And that's kind of where you need to be. You need to be making decisions today, which change that piece and then that piece and then that piece. And that frees up that person's time to do that bit, which means that this person at the end gets to do what you need them to do in this new marketplace or with this new product or and it's really difficult i guess that's a conversation then about long-term strategic thinking compared with short-term firefighting and it's really easy to be in that quick decision making this has happened how do we fix it let's move on and that you know you can see a business that's grown up on those sort of decisions because it's got multiple systems and processes for delivering almost the same thing and it's you know people heavy or cash poor cash generation there's always the same similar symptoms for those businesses that haven't had that kind of long-term vision and plan to get to that point of reinvention down the line that is something to everyone to do but it current reality would say that's quite rare for the reasons you just said lack of time perceived lack of time perceived lack of energy perceived firefighting short-termism so that that, i guess a lot of that gets in the way of reinventing yourself reinventing your company and having a a kind of three or five year goal that you're aiming at above all others so many so many business owners have a goal to be bigger next year we want to grow by 10 percent, or we want this much more profit or this much in my take-home pay or whatever it is and that's great and we need those and we've you know, would never suggest that you don't have those kind of six month, year, two year, three year goals, but you need a five year or a 10 year. You need that big point of kind of reference to aim at. Otherwise, every decision is going to be too short term and it's not going to get you. You're going to take such a winding road to that end point. And everyone I ask, not everyone I ask, a lot of people that I ask that question to, what's the 10 year plan? Like, oh, I don't know. And you do know you're either you don't want to vocalise it for whatever reason, but you, are, you nobody starts a business to just see where it might go. They've got a plan, whether it's a you know a yacht in the med or wherever it is, and it may not be possible. There is a goal there that everyone starts with that people are for some reason hesitant to to voice. Do I know. You know you, I, mean? I know you've said that, right? But do you actually think that's true though? That nobody starts a business without. A 10-year plan. Well, I I, I think they might start without a 10-year plan, but I think they know what they want to achieve. And and that, I think, you know, so I'm pushing you here, that I think they know what they want to achieve. Is that that sort of visceral, emotional sort of gut feel? Or are you talking about a document in a safe that says, by the year 3033, I will... Oh, no, I I think that's the thing. I think nobody writes it down this, because as soon as you write it down or vocalise it, then you're committed. Well, it's only in your head and only you know about it. You can change it if it goes wrong. And that's what I think. I think people, like I set this business up to grow it and then sell it and pay my mortgage off and go and play golf every day. That's Now, where on that timeline I am and what that value is, is fairly flexible. But that is is what I'm attempting to do. And I think lots of, you know, some people take on a business because it's their mum and dad's business and they want to, keep it going and then pass it on to their kids and their kids and have this family legacy. And some people buy, you know, build into sell and some people know that if we get to this point, then competitor wise, 
going to come along and make me an offer or we'll get merged into them or whatever it is. I don't believe that people just set it up and say, well, I'm going to set up a florist shop today and, you know, might work, might not work. sell some flowers. Yeah, and, you know, I haven't really thought about what I'm doing in 10 years' time, but they'll say that, but they'll know. They'll have an idea. So if you had 30 people in front of you right now that were considering to reinvent their organisations, what advice would you give them? What would you be saying to them? Well, firstly, I think I would want them to be clear that what reinvention means. Mm. Because it doesn't mean that you have to go from Netflix posting out DVDs to the you know the streaming platform it is now. That is a reinvention, but that's not what every business needs to do. And I think reinvention is a result of a series of small actions, right? So I would ask them, the first thing you need to understand is where do you need to get to and why do you need to get there? And then the art of the reinvention is understanding what right, we've pivoted from this direction to that direction. What steps do we need to implement to make the turn? That's that's the reinvention, right? So that's what I think what I would say is understand why we're doing it and what we're trying to achieve by doing it. And then from there, you can plot the course. Mm. And there's a, the, to your point, there's a huge spectrum of, of reinvention or evolution or even revolution. And whilst they all mean slightly differently, they're all in the same mix. I mean, you could be a burger chain. Let's say it's McDonald's that have brought out two new burgers. So there, there's an evolution. But, but you could also go from, to your point, the, the classic um, Netflix posting DVDs out to suddenly buying in a ton of technology that can stream into people's phones. So there's, there's lots of different versions of this. But I, I, I think on the whole is that it's a really positive thing oh, to, sure. to, to do that. And there's, there's, if, you're, if you're in an industry that is fundamentally experiencing change, Chances are, if you don't reinvent yourself quick enough, you're going to have to do the reinvention on someone else's terms. So if we know, for example, in my industry, we've moved from kind of traditional accountancy to cloud accountancy. And some firms like mine took that head on and moved and some firms didn't. And those are the firms that are now having the customer base is expecting that. So it's like Blockbuster and Netflix, right? Blockbuster started off just competing with Netflix when they were sending out DVDs and they were doing the same product, just in a different way. Well, as soon as Netflix turned to streaming, Blockbuster's had a choice to either pivot into streaming itself or die. And then you had that famous conversation where they laughed Netflix out of the room and said, no, it'll never take on, and Blockbuster's died. And that's where these accountancy firms are now. They're having, the customers are saying, this is what we want. It's, nothing to, it's not a choice for the service provider. The customers are demanding that service in that way. And now you're having to reinvent a business, but on the terms of the customers, not on your own terms and your own time. So that's the first thing, I guess, to think about when you're thinking, right, what do we want to reinvent to is what's the market timeline because if we're if we're going to be five years ahead of everyone else then that's great but it's going to come with its own problems if we're five years behind then that's you know less great and it's going to have a completely different set of problems though and you need to be in that kind of sweet spot just behind the early adopters don't you You don't necessarily want to be first you want to be second or third Mm. having understood the mistakes that the guys in first experience mm. but yeah but i you know what i don't generally get asked i want to business owners i don't think it's a word that they often use but i think i've probably reinvented my business over the last year but i haven't in 
It's only since we had this conversation that I've seen it as a reinvention. Well, you, you, have. As, you, you definitely yeah. have. You definitely have. And, and, and it's stronger because of it. But in my mind, I've not reinvented it. I've just... We evolved it. Evolved. Yeah, we've yeah, evolved. We've yeah. grown up. The term I use is that we've grown up a bit yeah, as a business. Yeah. I, that's why I don't want people to, <laughs> to get spooked by words of revolution or reinvention. Evolution is always the sort of safer version. Yeah. But they all, they all, for me, have got a, a similar meaning. It's a pivot. Change. Yeah, change. It's a change towards something. And one of the biggest bits of advice I always give to people is to is to create thinking space for themselves. You know, is to make sure that you've got space at some point that you can think. Yeah. And ideally, thinking about your business and and where it's strong and where it's not. And out of that will come some possibilities that will will lead to an evolution. When you identify opportunities to, to show up a strength, uh, show, show up an, a, a weakness, or that you can see the next uh, space to take your strengths to. But the minute you start to think about where your organization is and, and think about your customers and think about your products and services, in that space comes up opportunities to, to reinvent, to evolve, and to revolutionize. It's always there. But it's that busy, 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 busy that that prevents the access to that thinking space. Oh, yeah. It, busyness pr- promotes short-termism in thinking, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. 100%. Well, look, we are pretty much on 30 minutes, so I think that's probably it for this. Although maybe we should reinvent the podcast as a you know 45-minute podcast, and then we can, we can put it. <laughs> maybe we should bring in an hourly podcast oh God, every can you imagine? four episodes wow there we go so we're going to go and do some long-term thinking on reinventing the podcast um but as ever if you like what you've heard give us a shout on social media um recommend us to your business colleagues that's a massive way for us to grow the podcast and we will be back soon with more podcast gold but for now that's all from me and that's all from my friend alan goodbye this is the Mind Your Business Podcast.